welcome to Church Alive's podcast. We are so blessed and so honored that you can join us here today. We hope this message is something fresh, real, and powerful for your life. Our mission here is to reach, teach, and empower people to impact their generation for Christ. Thanks for joining in and enjoy the message. So good to be here. You want to give me an over a high five and say, I am so blessed that I get to sit with you. <laughs> Man, I look around this room and it's like you just get cooler and better looking just by being a part of this room. How good looking is this church? Do I hear a good amen? (laughs) So I just found out that I'm the first guest speaker in this building. (laughs) Pretty excited about that. So therefore, that means I'm family. I am family now. Well, familia, if you're Italian. In French, it's famille. And uh, so if I'm family, that means, because of the whole how it works with your pastors, that we're like brothers, so that means I'm an uncle. And if I'm going to be an uncle, I want to be the favorite uncle. Because the favorite uncle is always the best-looking uncle, the funny uncle, and the generous uncle. So if I'm going to be an uncle, that's who I want to be. So I'm just self-proclaiming. I think I did this last time that I am the favorite like, best-looking uncle of this church. Is that okay? So if you're like, I don't even know who you are, it's all right, I'm your uncle now. So we're just going to have some fun. Hey, it's so cool to be here. We love your pastors. Can you give your pastors a big hand? None of this would be here. I know you know it. But as pastors, we get a bit of criticism. You know, we sort of, we do something good, you know, great, do something bad. It's like, yep, they're useless now. And I know you don't do this in church, but, you know, it's sort of like, yeah, that was great, that was bad. And so we need to just make sure that we're loving on our pastors because, and I, I know you do as a church. I want to take, like, bottle what's here and take it back to Canada. And uh, when I have Americans turn up to my church, I'm like... Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I love Americans. They know how to bring it. I love Canadians, but they're a little bit conservative. They're a little bit sorry. Everything's sorry. I mean, in Australia, if someone walks across the road when they shouldn't, we like mow them down and, and like add points to our point system of, yep, they're worth 10 points. Yep, they're worth 50. Is that true? In Canada, you step out in the middle of a highway, people like screech and they're like in their cars going, sorry, sorry. With that, I love. I don't know if there is any Canadians here. I love Canada, but we're called to change Canada. So I love the spirit that's in this room that we're bringing to our church in Montreal. God's doing amazing things there. We're going to have your pastors in 2019. So we, uh, you're going to need to release them for a weekend or so, and we're going to show them some fun and have a great time. But I've come with a word in my heart. Is that okay? Come with a word in my heart. You're already in this whole series of hope has come. Do you know, with hope, the the twin brother of hope is an expectation. You can't have hope without an expectation. Now, you can have hope with an expectation of bad, or you have a hope with an expectation of good. But with hope comes expectation. And we're in Advent season at the moment, and the first week of Advent is hope. And so, I love hope, because hope gives me an expectancy of the faithfulness of God. Sometimes we see hope as, oh, I just hope. It's almost like doubt is laced in hope. But as believers, when we have hope, 
expectation is laced in that hope. You see, the first week of hope was all about the hope and expectation of the birth of Christ, and then after the birth of Christ, the coming again of Christ. So our first week of hope, whenever we speak hope, what we're actually doing is not just speaking hope over our situation, but we're speaking of the return of Christ into humanity. So I hope I receive this because we want to see the return of Jesus. I hope as I step out in this area because I'm, it's like when we tithe, every time we tithe and give, because we don't tithe and give to a dead God, we are showing the world that Jesus is returning to us because he's not dead, he's alive. That's why we have church alive. Do I hear a good amen? No one wants to go to church dead or dead church. So every time I give, I'm giving in to the return of Christ. Because he ain't dead. He ain't skull and bones. He ain't in some, you know, tomb. He is sitting at the right hand of the Father interceding for me and you and everybody else so that we can get this job done so he can come back. Oh man, I'm already preaching. I haven't even started my message. Hope. So the title of my message this morning is Hope for Breakthrough. So we can even spin it with the, uh, the twin brother, Expectation for Breakthrough. Who needs breakthrough in their life right now? Give me a wave. Come on, you need breakthrough? I hope you need breakthrough every day of your life. Not because you're lacking wisdom, but because there's always something that you need to achieve that's beyond you. You can have wisdom, you can even have a conservative element to some of the decisions you make, but you need to lace it with faith that even though I'm being smart and wise in this, I still need the, the miraculous over the call of God that's on my life. You can, you can be living in wisdom and extending faith and seeing great things happen. But I know at this time of year, it can be tough for some people. This time of year is when all the family gets together. <laughs> and if you have some family like I have, it's, uh, it can become the Adams family very quickly. It's like, oh my goodness, crazy uncle, you know, Tom is going to be there. And I got my you know, brother coming and then my sister coming as well. This is just like ready for World War III. And some of the anxiety that turns up for others, it's the first year where you've had a major loss with someone in your life. It reminds you of maybe some things of your childhood. And, but I want to encourage you to spin it today. I want you to spin it to expectation of the goodness of God. The expectation of what God can do for breakthrough in your life. It's all about the expectation of a whole new season. I mean, this church is in a whole new season. This church is, I mean, you're just getting started. This, you, you, I mean, this is great. This is going to end up being the kids' ministry at some stage because of what's happening here. Some of you are like, whoa, can we just enjoy it? Yeah, you can for about a month or two. And then, like, God's got more because he's always got more for our lives. A breakthrough in this Christmas season. It's the, it's, the, it's the closing of one chapter, and for some, it'll be maybe a disappointing year. But can I encourage you, let's just believe in the next three weeks for God to turn it around. And let's just see, like, where's Waldo? Do you have where's Waldo here? Where it's like Waldo's popped up in the story over here, and then he's, you know, behind the Christmas tree over here, and, and you've got to look for Waldo. Why don't you spend the next three weeks looking for Jesus? 
Is that not what he hasn't done or what hasn't happened this year? Let's look in the next three weeks to take the last 11 months and see a miracle happen because I'm not doubting. I have an expectation. I have an expectation. You see, breakthrough is an act of overcoming or penetrating an obstacle or restriction. There are times where we've got to bust things through. Who knows if your kid's locked in a bathroom in the middle of the city and uh, you need to go somewhere and they're crying and they're screaming and they can't get out. You're going to bust that darn thing if you need to, to be able to get your kid. It's like the quiet mum that's all quiet and all nice and, and then a kid runs out in the middle of the road and a big truck, you know, is heading towards her kid. She's not nice and, you know, quiet. She's like, ah, Johnny, get out of there. Sometimes we've got to break through some things that go beyond our personalities, go beyond even our grace zones. And things that we've been boxed with because we want a miracle. It's a military offensive that penetrates an enemy's lines of defense, a major achievement or success that permits further progress, an important discovery or event that helps to improve a situation or provide an answer to a problem. Today I want to speak about hope for breakthrough. Our expectation that is initiated by hope causes breakthrough in our life. They come together. I just want to change how we see hope. Because I always thought hope was like, well, you know, if I don't have faith, I start with hope. Because hope's like the little cousin that gets faith going. Yeah. It's like, well, if it works out, I'll just, I'll just have some hope for that. Yeah. Hope I get a girlfriend. That was t- 20 years ago, because we're married in 20, <laughs> 21 years ago. And I only got one girlfriend. Uh, she's my queen. So... Uh, so uh, I used to have a mistress, I know I'm in America, I don't know if I get away with this, but the only mistress I was allowed was a uh, 22-250 Seiko uh, sniper rifle. And so, because I used to go hunting. That was the only mistress I was allowed to have. And I had to leave her in Australia. So for others, it could be a Mustang, whatever it is. So I've got to keep, keep away with what I'm talking about. I've just gone to mistresses. That's a, hey, misters and mistresses. So... We, uh, she's allowed, you know, I don't actually know she's not allowed to miss her. So keep moving right along. Matthew 12, verse 21. Get back to the word. Jesus, please stay here. Jesus 12, verse 21 says, In the name, sorry, in his name, the nations will put their hope. Not like, oh, I just hope it works out. Hope, you know, this is going to, no, no, no. We put our expectation in his name. Romans 5, verse 1 to 2 says, Therefore, since we're being justified through faith, amen. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into his grace in which we now stand. And we boast, everyone say boast. boast. We boast in the hope of the glory of God. We boast in the expectation of what God is going to do. Yeah. Romans 15 verse 30 says, May the God of hope, of expectation, fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope expectation by the power of the Holy Spirit. You see, you might go, I just got no expectation right now. We'll get the Holy Spirit right now. That's when you get the Holy Spirit right now, then you get the hope, which gives you the expectation to be able to get the faith, to be able to step out and see miracles happen in your life. But I don't want to be like, well, I just, I'm not feeling good right now. Your feelings are your greatest enemy. We must steward our soul and allow spirit to be master. 
there are times where I just, oh man, I want my feelings to reign, but I'll be like, nope, I'm going to let Spirit, Holy Spirit, help me to not do the dumb things that I want to do so I don't reap the dumb things that I'm not called to reap. We've got to let hope rise. You see, hope is the confident expectation of what God has promised and its strength and trust is in His faithfulness. Its strength and trust is in His faithfulness. Biblical hope not only desires something good for the future, it expects it to happen. It expects it. What are you expecting? What are you looking for? What are you believing for? Matthew 2, the anchor scripture that I want to talk about this morning with a few moments that I have. Is this helping you today? And you might have heard this message so many, uh, this scripture so many times. It's one of my favorite scriptures because sometimes we just read the Bible, we just read it and then we move on. And we don't think about the nuances of the moment. We don't think of the context. We don't think of the community. We don't think of the culture. We don't think of where was mum and dad. (laughs) Where, Where was the brother and the sister? Where was the police? You know, where was the sheriff? All of these things that would have happened and was around certain context of the Bible. And so I want to read Mark 2 and Maybe we'll learn a few things from this about how we can have expectation for breakthrough. Because we need breakthrough. Whether you're doing brilliant in life, you need breakthrough. Or whether you're walking through the valley of the shadow of death, you need breakthrough. We need breakthrough at all areas. So this is it, Mark chapter 2, verse 1 to 12. It says in the message translation, After a few days, Jesus returned to Capernaum and word got around that he was back home. A crowd gathered, jamming the entrance so that no one could get in or out. He was teaching the Word. So he was in this guy's house, teaching the Word of God. They brought a paraplegic to him, carried by four men. So he obviously wasn't easy to carry. So he was a grown man. He, uh, you know, was, uh, had four men to help him to get him into the room. So when they weren't able to get in because of the crowd, they removed part of the roof and lowered the paraplegic on his stretcher. Think about that for a second. You're having a prayer meeting, Bible meeting, and it's packed. Someone decides to start chipping at your roof, (laughs) cutting the roof out to drop someone in. If I owned that house, I'd be ticked. (laughs) Come on, somebody. Never says that they picked up the bill, that they paid for anything. They just ripped the house open, dropped this guy in, and right in front of the man of God. And it's like they went, woohoo, check it, like, see you later. Hope it all works out. We're out of here. They just ripped the roof out of this place. I would be ticked. I don't care if Jesus, the Son of God, is in my house. Who's paying for my roof? <laughs> Jesus doesn't care about this stuff. He's probably looking at the guy going, you got plenty anyway. You'll work it out. You have hope. Impressed by their bold belief, like Jesus was impressed, Jesus said to the paraplegic son, I forgive your sins. I don't want to go into my message too quick, but like, hello, I'm disabled and you're forgiving my sins. Maybe, maybe you like you drank too much coffee today, Jesus. And it goes on and says, some religious scholars, there's always going to be religious scholars. There's always going to be the you know, the, uh, the Pharisees, sitting there, started whispering among themselves, he can't talk that way. Like, who told them he can't talk that way? That's blasphemy. God and only God can forgive sins. It was all about their own insecurities. Jesus knew right away what they were thinking and said, why are you so skeptical? Which is simpler to say to the paraplegic, I forgive your sins, or say, get up, take your stretcher, 
and start walking. I believe over the next couple of weeks, the Holy Spirit is going to tell some of you to get up. There's going to be some get up moments over the next couple of weeks. Well, Jesus said, so it's clear that I'm the son of man and authorized to do either or both. It was like boss moment. (laughs) Just to show you how stupid you all are. And I realize who's in the room. He goes, (laughs) sorry, are you allowed to say stupid in America? We're not stupid. We just do stupid things. That's what I teach my kids. None of us are dumb. None of us, we just do dumb things sometimes. He goes, he looked now at the paraplegic, get up, pick up your stretcher and go home. And the man did it. He got up, grabbed his stretcher and walked out. And everyone there watched him. They rubbed their eyes, incredulous, and then praised God saying, we've never seen anything like this. Those poor four guys on the roof, the mates left, they're probably still there going, oh no, what do we do now? <laughs> so I want to share some thoughts of this story. First, uh, four keys to believing for a breakthrough in your life. The first is this, hope gets God's attention. Hope gets God's attention. When my kids come excited about an expectation of something, it's like it's hard for me to say no. Like last night for me, if I could just give you some context, and your pastor did really well. You need to give him a hand. Hosting friends in the middle of a city with millions of people. Me, young children, wanting to eat, wanting to go to the bathroom, going through, I don't like crowds. I have no idea why I'm a pastor because this is everything of what I was not supposedly meant for or created for. And so being in crowds, I'm an introvert by nature, and uh, being with kids in crowds with a wife who wants to stop every five seconds for selfies and doing live, you know. Because my wife just loves everything, and I love that about her, but I'm, I get annoyed at things when she doesn't. So when I want her to get annoyed, she doesn't get annoyed. And so then I get even more annoyed. And so I'm having to watch myself. I'm in this like brutal place and in this brutal moment in New York City, and I'm thinking, why am I here? But then I look at my kids and their expectation is what causes to move my emotions. Moves what I have to bless them. You see, hope gets God's attention. Think through the challenges that they would have had to go through to get to that moment. But they had hope he would heal their friend. I mean, these four guys, they must have had hope. The guy on the stretcher may have had no hope. There are times in your life where you're going to have friends that have no hope, but you become one of the stretcher carriers. You get a couple of friends together and you go, we're going to have hope when they don't. But when they see the miracle, it's going to change everybody. It's not even going to change them. It's going to change their family. It's going to change their community. It's going to have an overflow effect. Sometimes people aren't even bothered to come to church where there is a host waiting waiting for them to show them to their seat. But these guys, they got up and they moved. I loved their desperation for their friend's breakthrough. This Christmas season, think who you need to be positioning in the house of God to get their breakthrough. And if you know a family member and a whole bunch of you are in this house and you're like, okay, we just need to literally pick them up, throw them in the car, you know, have the two of the musliest guys or, you know, strongest girls next to them going, no, we're tying you down, you're not going anywhere, and bring them to the house of God. Because sometimes we need to get more passionate than them about their future because we know what Jesus can do. <laughs> I love this. I mean, they could have got in trouble from the police. They might have had to pay for the repairs. 
but they were more passionate about their friend's breakthrough than the consequence. You see, for breakthrough to happen, they needed to identify why they needed it and who to go to to get it. Tony Robbins will give you some great thoughts. Most, half of it's from the Bible anyway, that he's just stolen and re-changed. We've got to keep going to Jesus for these things. Choose to trust and rely on God and don't expect God to do all the work. Faith is spelt risk, R-I-S-K. You just need to get his attention. I remember um, Vanessa, and uh, I'll do this in a, in a short uh, time slot, but Vanessa pursued me. I know you could understand that. <laughs> For a good couple of weeks. She had no idea the blessing and the adventures she was going to have by saying yes to me. So I was, um, but true story, I'd be going to the movies with my friend and then all of a sudden Vanessa would be sitting next to me. We'd, I'd go out to dinner like an hour away with my friend, another friend, and then Vanessa would be there already at the restaurant. I'm telling you, she, for, for it got a little bit, now stalking's not cool, can I just say. But it happened to work for Vanessa. Because at one moment, all of a sudden, she got my attention. And I was like, what am I doing? Get a ring on this girl's finger to make sure no other guy figures out how awesome she is. And 10 months later, we were married. But here's the thought. Sometimes you've got to put yourself in a position for a miracle. Stop looking at everybody else's miracle and get positioned for your miracle. I know your pastor had to pursue Miriam. But it worked out, man. Hey, we both went above our pay grades. I'm looking at this church. This church is like the Church of the High Achievers Club. You guys have gone all above your pay grades. That is a, as an Australian, that's a compliment. Alrighty, I'm going to move on to my next point. The next point says, hope knows what to ask for. Matthew 7 verse 7 says, Ask and it will be given to you, seek and you'll find, knock and the door will be open to you. Many of us aren't asking, we're not seeking, we're not knocking. It's like I teach guys in our church, is like knock, like ask a girl out. If she says no, she says no, don't stalk, because we deal with stalkers in our church. Plenty of woods in Quebec. Two men walk in, one man walks out. No. No confessions. No, please don't. I need to stay in Canada. But, <laughs> oh man, um, I've still got two more points. But we've got to know how to ask. And sometimes we've got to know how to petition God. Okay, God, because He loves expectation. He loves being knocked on the door. He's like, I can see how big you are, God. I can see what you can do here, God. I'm not sure even though maybe I wasn't created for this, I'm just going to ask you to give me a special dispensation for this. Could, could, you, could you, like Jabez, could you just give it to me? It never says wait. Too many people are praying for revival instead of becoming the revival. Prayer, we need prayer, but it doesn't stop there. Faith and works. Grace doesn't mean laziness. Oh, God, you're just going to bring it all to me and grace and it's fine. No, you're lazy. Grace is I know who I am, but now I'm going to go out and get it in Jesus' name. 
We need to ask the right questions. Like when you're in a prayer meeting and people say, oh, bless me, Lord, bless me, Lord. I get so annoyed with that. I'm like, well, what is that? Is that a new car? Is it a new house? Is it to get a wife? Because, you know, if you just put on deodorant, that would help, bro. Um, if, like, what is it that you're asking for? Just bless me, Lord. No, what is it? Get specific. These guys got specific. Put them in front of Jesus and the miracle happened. The, the third point is hope takes him at his word. Hope takes him at his word. I mean, these guys ask for healing. He gets forgiveness. And that's amazing. That comes before healing. See, what they didn't realize was he could never walk until he got forgiveness. Because his body wouldn't know how to respond without the forgiveness of Christ. Because spirit comes before flesh. Spirit leads flesh. Spirit, soul, have you ever heard of Watchman Nee? His whole spirit, um, soul, and body. Teaching our flesh that it's not master, our spirit's master. So he needed the forgiveness of God to be able to get up and go. But here he is, he's paralyzed, looking at Jesus going, okay, that's great with forgiveness. And then Jesus says, get up and walk and go home. He could have just laughed at him, but he took him at his word. And he got up. Who knows if the miracle happened when he decided, even though I feel nothing, I'm getting up anyway. And as he had the spirit and expectation of the word that was from the man of God, if that kicked in as he decided, buddy, you're going to move, then the miracle happened. Sometimes you've got to get out of the house for the miracle to happen. Sometimes you've got to go and uh, turn up to work for the miracle to happen. Sometimes you've actually got to be in the house of God for the miracle to happen. You gotta get up and you gotta move. Take him at his word. Take him at his word. And the final thought is this hope turns paralysis into movement. You might feel paralyzed in so many areas of your life, but hope, expectation that God's bigger, that God's, God's so kind, that God actually wants it more than us causes us to move. It causes us to move. We all have broken and have issues. I learned from years ago, and I teach it wherever I go, if you allow Him, God can take your mess, no matter how big it is. And what I've also learned is, no matter how big your mess is, there's always someone with the worst mess. There's always someone with a bigger daddy on the playground. Well, my dad's bigger. Yeah, but my dad's bigger. Yeah, my dad's even bigger. There's always someone who's going to beat you. Like, if you're going to try to play that game, you're always going to lose. Everyone has mess. But he can take our mess with time, age, and turn it into a message. But it's how you think. It's how you see. It's how you respond to who he is. Hope turns paralysis into movement. I want to encourage you to receive God's grace, and not just God's grace, but his favor. His grace that I don't deserve and his favor that empowers me to win and start moving. He gives us no excuse. The safety blanket has to go at some stage. He gives us no excuse. He says to this kid, get up, walk. If his mum was there, she'd be like, well, look at him. But he got, he got the word. I don't want to be here anymore. Yeah. I've got to get up and walk. Yeah. I've got to leave this stretcher behind. Yeah. And I've got to look at those that have gone before me that sacrificed for me to be here. Yeah. And I've got to honor that and give this a shot. Yeah. 
And so I'm asking you, will you give hope a shot today? Will you give hope a shot? Because Jesus is hope. He has an expectation for your life. Do you have an expectation for who He is? And I just believe there's a, this is for some people here this morning. You love Jesus. You're right with Jesus. But if you're honest, you've stopped with your expectation of who He is and what He can do. And I just want to see that break right now. So if that's you, would you just raise your hands to Jesus specifically? This is a, I, I need to step into hope in this season. Would you just raise your hands to King Jesus right where you are? Father, I just thank you for your kindness, your goodness. You never leave us alone. At times we've not liked that, but then we've realized that we wouldn't be here without it. Hope is an expectation in your faithfulness that you will fulfill the promise that you've placed upon our lives. And so I just pray right now for hope to rise. Father God, in this church, church alone, alive, that this is about you and who you are and what you've done and what we get to do with you. And that even in this moment, as we're celebrating the Advent weeks, hope has come. And his name is Jesus. I just speak hope over people right now, over relationships, health, finances. If there's been bad reports, I'm just going to believe, Lord, over the next three weeks, we're going to see miracles happen over their lives. Lord God, you're going to turn evil things around for good. So I declare it in Jesus' name. New expectation in people's lives. In Jesus' name. Amen. Can you give him one more big hand of praise? expectation. Have an expectation. Hope in the faithfulness of God that He will deliver. Now friend, you might be here this morning going, I've never been in church. Or maybe it's been a while since you've been in church. Maybe you were in this church for whatever reasons. You left and now you're back. Maybe it was even hard to come back. It's funny, once you're here, you realize how stupid and crazy thoughts you had for not coming back were. Because this is a great bunch of people. But even beyond the people, which is the representative of the church, the heaven on earth, is Jesus, who's the head of the church, the head of the community. He loves you, friend. He is for you. There is nothing you can do to separate him and his love from you. We only separate ourselves. And so I want to ask you where you stand with Jesus this morning. Not just do you know about him, but do you know him? Do you know Him for yourself? Is your identity forged in who He is? Do you understand and have an expectation of your future? That even though it's not going to be always easy, He's always going to be there, lighting our path, seeing us through. And then on the other side of eternity, we get to be with Him and have that hope and expectation of all that He has for us future. Friend, all I know is God loves you. He is for you. And that He wants to be connected with you this morning. And so I'm going to do something simple, but I believe powerful. In a moment, I'm going to ask, actually, could everyone just raise a hand all throughout this room? Just all throughout this room, you can raise your hand. Thank you. Put your hand back down. Is at the count of three, I'm going to ask you if you want me to pray a simple bit of powerful prayer to connect you with Jesus for the first time or the first time or the third time. 